behavior bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode 125. Casey, bring it to us. All right, right off the cuff because I have nothing planned. <laughs> One, two, five. Extreme haunts, will you survive? Beautiful, Casey. You didn't hear me. I was giving you like five rhyming words before, but I saw you putting me on extinction. So I was trying to focus on other things. Yes, I know. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, but it's a perfect one. It really makes sense to the topic we're talking about today. And before we get into any topic, you know what we have to do. We got to find a review of the day. And I'm sure Casey has that all pulled up and ready to go. Right, Case? Yes. The only issue is we're having trouble getting – I had to go back in the archives to find one. And I don't even know if this was read or not, but we don't have any new ones to read. So that's really sad. So we're going to need some new reviews. But let's see. So let me just – I'm not going to say that casually. That means go leave us a five-star review in the Apple podcast app. I do not know how many times I need to ask. I don't want to sound desperate, but I have to because we live (laughs) for them. (laughs) Please go leave us a five-star review if you're listening to this at all. It means the most, and we love reading them and really keeps us going. So I'm going to reread one because I honestly don't know if I've read this one. It was from a year ago, so YOLO, right? But I like it because it kind of goes along with what Liat's saying right now. By Flying Tiger, asking you shall receive, Liat. I'm taking the not-so-subtle hints that Liat keeps dropping (laughs) and leaving a five-star review. I love listening to you, ladies. You two just have a way of making the listeners feel like we know you. Hashtag relatable AF. I appreciate everything you are doing for our field. I found you through your podcast, recommended by a grad school classmate, and decided to check out Study Notes ABA. You ladies are exactly what I needed to get the motivation to study. The Fall 2020 Collective was magical. It showed me my weak areas. It made me feel good about what I considered to be my strong areas. Now, as a BCBA, I love that I can continue to feel like a part of the community with the Cooper and Coffee Book Club and continuing to be an avid podcast listener. Can't wait to sign up for some CEUs. Bottom line, thank you for being you. Love you. Mean it. I love that review. Thank you so much. Thank you for leaving us that review. I'm happy that I was leaving unsubtle hints back then and I'm still doing it now. I feel like I've only come on stronger. So thank you. We really appreciate it. Today's episode, though, I am so stoked to get into because it is so unique, so weird, wild, and fitting because spooky. Also, I want to dedicate this episode to Danielle. Danielle, um, you are amazing to work with, and we know that your favorite time of year is Halloween. And I can totally see Danielle in one of these extreme haunts that we're going to talk about. Do you think? A mild one. I feel like she does this like in the bedroom, but you know. <laughs> Dean, we love you. Okay. All right. Before we get started, the behavior principle, I mean, behavior robot is here to give you the behavioral principles. We have consent respondent and operant behavior, eliciting stimuli, determinism, punishment and reinforcement, escape, avoidance in terms of negative reinforcement, compound schedules of reinforcement, conditioned and unconditioned reinforcers and punishers. We also have punisher and reinforcer assessment as well as preference assessments. So before, let's get into this. I want to talk about who we have on um, and then bring him on. And we're so excited. So Ron Lefevre, he reached out to us. I think it was on LinkedIn um, a while ago. We met and then life happened and we had to reschedule and now we're finally here and it's frigging perfect. So Ron has been a BCBA in the field since 2008. He's currently an area director for a private ABA company in Salt Lake City. And he's a co-instructor at Arizona State University. Ron enjoys doing extreme haunts. And I didn't know what this was, so wait till he tells you. He likes being put in stressful situations in these extreme haunts. He's a lover of escape rooms. He's done 199 escape rooms, and he's about to do his 200th, which is nuts. 
Ron takes his staff on Escape from Adventures for team building and finds it to be an effective way to for the team to bond and accomplish an awesome goal of escaping. I think that's called shared adversity. And that really does bond people. So it's anyways, like clutching in a frat. Or a sorority. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Ron. And we're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this show because I know my students always tell me, you should reach out because you talk about the weirdest stuff. I run <laughs> practicum. And we talk about the weirdest things, how we relate ABA to our daily life and why we do certain things in our daily life in relation to ABA. Yeah. So for me, it's always been extreme haunts. I actually just, I think I got into about, oh my gosh, I would say about 10 years ago, actually. So when you reached out, I was like, oh, I love haunted houses. Like, I'm totally down. Like, this is not what I was expecting when I ta- when he tells you about it. Um, so if you're thinking this is just your typical haunted house where someone jumps out and scares you, you're in for a treat because it's not. But before we get into that, let's – Liat loves to operationally define an extreme haunt, so I did pull that up for her in the outline, so go for it. All right. So you know we got to operationally define what we're talking about, so we're all on the same page here. So an extreme haunt is a physically intense experience born from a haunted house on crack. Now I added that part (laughs) into the operational definition. um, That evokes a given theme through set design, scare actors, costumes, and messiness. They need to operationally define messiness, but Ron's going to tell us more. Often with a focus on enduring or surviving the experience across various intensity levels. Okay? It's also known as extreme immersive horror. A cinematic, theatrical, and physically or psychologically intense experience that actively engages participants through interactions, evocative themes, and or strong narratives. They use their physicality or psychological horror to enhance the fear and add consequence to choices. Oh my gosh, that's sounding already ABA-like with consequences. Evocative. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Are these going to evoke behaviors? We'll see. Yes. So can you start by telling us how you got into this? Like, how did you start getting into these extreme hunts? Yeah, you know, it's funny. um, I was, I think it was like 2011. I remember um, there was a haunted house called Blackout. And my friend told me about it. said, hey, Ron, um, this is haunted house and they can do this stuff to you. I'm like, no, that's BS. There's no way, you know, that they can touch you, suffocate you, bruise you up, roughhouse you. And you went home and you basically went in alone by yourself. The rule was waiver by yourself. I remember going to this haunt. You basically show up to this alley in Los Angeles near Skid Row, literally. And Sounds you go scary to right there. Door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You go to the store and you just wait there. You sign your number. And I'm like, wow, this is like – I never experienced like anything like this before. Solo by yourself. I tried it out, fell in love with it. It just shocked me like, oh, my God, what what are they going to do next? At first, I was shaking all my respondent – sweating. You see so much of my respondent behavior has been elicited on this part. Totally nervous, right? And I just stuck with it and noticed that there's every show has a different theme and they use their physicality to move the story. Nothing ever happens for not. There's no reason. Everything is very deterministic, right? We have that in play. Everything is lawful, orderly in an extreme haunt, actually, even though it looks like it's chaos. There's a purpose for everything happening. You tasering, getting tasered, you being suffocated is part of the story to enhance the narrative. And so like that, if I'm thinking as, you know, a VCBA, in environmental variables, they're manipulating the shit out of that. They are. And you think that you have they have no control when in fact they do. Yeah. They are manipulating everything possible. And they're looking to see how you react as well. So your reactivity. So let's list, list some of the things they do, okay? To, to go ahead. Tell, tell our listeners. Let me pull a waiver out really briefly because we talk about waivers. And sometimes there's one event that where the waiver I read – they actually did every flipping thing on the waiver. Usually it's a, a waiver is to set the setting event, like you'd be scared, you're getting ready right. Well, no, this is so this is part of the waiver. Um, I can't I won't disclose the place, but I'll let you know what it is they say. A risk includes but not limited to destruction of clothing, extreme physical aggression, consumption of liquids, forced consumption of food, nudity, impact from implements. Uh, ingestion of substances, extreme temperature changes, extreme sexual situations, suffocation, waterboarding, abrasions, binding, restraints, and physical impacts that are can be related to other participant actors or volunteers. 
Wow. So and I'm scared. Some of already. them actually, some of them actually put um, the ones that worry me when they put um, the inability to breathe yes. momentarily. I'm so claustrophobic. So, so, so you have a safe word and you also have um, a gesture, like a gesture, an action, a safe action, I guess you could say, like waving your hands. If you can't, if you're being suffocated, you're being drowned or something's happening to you where you cannot physically tap out, like well, verbally tap out, mm-hmm. you would do a a gesture. So it seems like these like increase in pain, increase in temperature, like these are all these unconditioned punishers that like you don't need, no one needs to teach you to learn that that shit is nope. going to hurt or you're being, you know, suffocated. So your lack of oxygen, like, oh God. Casey, bear, bear, I argue with you. I agree that we would think these things are punishers. Bear, I argue. <laughs> I like that. We could be reinforcers. Like, but at the same time, he's done it two hundred times. I know you're right. Okay, I like this argument. This is good. You're right. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, so also you said like sexual sexual acts as one of the things on there. Is this so, a sexual so, thing? Is this like fetishy? Like I like to like tie this person up and like beat the shit out certain, of them? Certain, yeah. Well, certain actual shows are like that, but they're all horror based. They have like sexual elements. Like we did a show. It was called Black Tears. If you look up what Black Tears is, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, what the hell? <laughs> That's messed <laughs> up. Um, but they have those elements of eroticism in the show. And they do some like um, S&M bondage, I guess you could say, in some of the shows. Not necessarily in a sexual manner. But, like, for example... After if I hopefully I ever say this correctly, but um I was in a show called The Crucible, and it was about um a hospital in the 1920s that did the wrong things of what you shouldn't do to patients, right? Which including beating them. Actually, one of them was a flogging room where they said, "Hey, happiness increases what dopamine." Yeah. Well, pain does too. So what they do? They hung you up and whipped you until you basically mercyed out almost, right? And that increases your level. Every single room that we went to in the Crucible, which is a, a extreme haunt in Salt Lake City, is probably the most extreme haunt in the United States besides McKemmy Manor. McKemmy Manor violates a lot of ethics. Um, Crucible does not. They give you an, a consent form. They let you know exactly what is in. It's very complete, right? The definition of what it's going to include and what it's not going to include as like well. Like non-examples. So. Non-examples, So I, was, yeah. I sent Leah when- this morning. I woke up at really early to prep for this. And I sent her this 45 minute YouTube about McKinney Manor and this one girl who I think she was basically saying like, I, she's against it. But I think in what the point was, they were sharing it because she did at the exit interview, even though she tapped out in the first room um, that, you know, she's like, I did it on my own will. They didn't force me. Um, but watching it, I was like, I'm okay with like the tie up, the kind of like bondage. That was cool. And then they put cockroaches all over her body, waterboarded her until she couldn't breathe. Like there was like blood everywhere. I think it was fake blood or something. And like, mm-hmm. but like, and she was so scared. I'm like, holy shit, this is not what I should be watching at 5:30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, the use of insects is a big one. In the crucible, they use um like mealworms and things like that. Ooh. So not too intense. Do you have to eat but, them? Um, yeah, so there's forced consumption. So they actually do worms. Um, one of the things that makes you vomit a lot, if you ever try chugging apple cider vinegar. Yeah, I vomited the other you ch- I'm trying to be healthy and do this new yeah. thing in the morning where I take shots of apple cider vinegar. I turned around and puked all in the sink. Yeah, so they actually shove it down your throat. Oh, God. <laughs> and they let you. But the cool thing, it burns. It burns. And, and then they, they had minced worms. And they put minced worms in your mouth, too. So they shove it down. Hey, make that's a good mix, right? So <laughs> that was all. This is all Crucible. Crucible has the most things that they can do to you. This is amazing. Okay. And but you said the the Manor one. Which one is that? McKinney Manor. McKinney Manor, yes. I'm not saying it right. Casey, yes. Casey was telling me this morning, she's like, they take two people a year. Yeah, so there's a history with him where they take so many few people a year. Um, but he actually got kicked out of San Diego and he moved to I forgot, I think it's Huntsville, Alabama, and somewhere else. Yeah, somewhere. But they are they're they're shutting him down. And right now he's literally broke, has no money, and he's running extreme haunts, but they're just garbage. Mm-hmm. They're not ethical, they're not scary. You know, he's been a he's actually frowned upon in our community greatly. I did because, see some cancel culture on Facebook about him. Oh yeah. He <laughs> And you can't win. I mean, people, if you know, if you saw in the videos, no people tap won. out. Yeah. No one won, but people tap out and he doesn't acknowledge the safe word. So the one thing with, with the extreme honk community is our ethics are really high. You, you say the, the safe word, 
we're going to honor it immediately. And also we debrief you. We sit with you, making sure you're okay. Everyone breaks out of character. I did a crucible event about what was like two years ago. Um, well, I think it was two years ago where um, one girl, one, one lady, uh, she had a breakdown. She literally broke down. I can hear her crying and they, they actually, she tapped out. They broke character. They explained everything, what they did. They basically were the nicest people. The people that are inflicting the most damaging to most damages to your body mm-hmm. are the nicest folks. I thought that was hilarious, but was that yeah, we, our ethics are really high. That, that was crucible. Lucid was an extreme immersive horror where they weren't so physical, but it was enough it was to make you scared. Where they, right? Psychological. Yeah. They like, they put your head against, you know, um, a, a, tire of a car they turn the car on they're gonna back <laughs> over your head and things like that um they had fake handguns they told you they were real but they were all fake the guns are replicas but they would not Don't fire they tell you, like terrible shit about your life that like no yeah, so they know. actually research your life. Like Lucid was an interesting one where they actually invaded your personal life. They actually um, would actually follow you. So when I got to Salt Lake City to this event, this lady in the umbrella. Me. I read your review. I like know everything. <laughs> my God. lady in the umbrella. What? I was like, oh, oh my yeah, god. Tell me the story. Okay, so tell her the story so, of Lucid. Lucid is a cult story, and it's called the Constellation, and they're here to make you better, you know. But there's a um, interior ulterior motive. That's all. Mm-hmm. And so I basically went, and you, I wanted to join it. The whole thing was about initiation, right? And you go through this cult, and you see that there's a lot of issues within the cult, and the members are in turmoil actually. And you go through and experience the turmoil, which involves like the leading part of like a gun, Mm -hmm. which you're thinking it's real because in the waiver, it says may or may not be real. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) So they're they're, they're saying that, hey, you're consenting to this, right? Mm -hmm. But they also let you know that, um, like I said, they'll also let you know in the waiver how hurt you could get. Like they all say bruises, skin abrasions. Some of them won't say that. So just heads up, um, lucid set abrasions. So let you know that you could get slapped, Mm -hmm. right? So anyways, went through the haunt, um, went to the very final where you'll play play russian roulette but they get you really good because they actually use a blank with a fake gun <gasps> and it simulated that so you thought it was gonna happen oh my god this is real it was wow. all psychological terror i was so i'm like no way they're gonna do this this is so illegal but no it wasn't nothing was real it just simulated okay that. I, but that is hands off i need to know and this is probably a yacht question but i'm like how when you're in this right mm-hmm. what are you thinking, feeling, um, just like for someone who's done it, I want to know. Cause I, I sure. Sure. Well, for, so I actually get really nervous before going to the show. I actually think about quitting several times. It's called the pre-show jitters doing so many. It makes me go, Oh my gosh, what are they going to do to me? What are they going to do to me? I'm only hoping the habituation kicks in, you know, mm-hmm. but never does for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I go in the show, I usually get relieved. It's like, I'm there. Okay, I'm there. The worst part is before the show because you're really psyching yourself yeah. out. You're thinking of all the previous things that happened to you. Are they going to make it worse? So I'm actually in the show. It's not too bad, actually. And I always tell people, you'd be surprised how far you would get in these shows, mm-hmm. especially if the narrative is amazing. If I give you an amazing narrative, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You want to want to see the story finish. You know, you're the star of the show, really. Like the people juice, I didn't attend, but that was one where you are the star of the show. You're auditioning. And they made it super fun, but also like in the word, you know, uh, Liat said messy earlier, messy. But yeah, they were covered in like spaghetti juice, spaghetti sauce. Mm. You get covered in blood. You get covered in Dirt, items. Everything. I don't even name it. You get covered in. It's just wacky, but you get covered in. So do you feel kind of like you're kind of like you said, like the star of the show, like you're an actor, like you're going through. This. Yeah, you're. It's an yeah. immersive event. It's almost like Disneyland. You know, you go you go to Disneyland to go to a different environment to forget mm-hmm. some things, have a good time. This is like a step into a new world, something that doesn't even exist. And it's mind blowing to know that they can do this. They can pull you out of reality, put you in something else that is traumatizing, I guess you could say, you know, and we always want to re- for me, I always want to re-experience the trauma to get better, I guess you could say. Um, on that part, I can but, totally yeah, relate. Really, I've drunk around the world at Epcot. I mean, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> I yeah. was like, this Disneyland sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, drank around the world. I said drunk around the world. I probably did get drunk around the world, but <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, they, wait, yeah. I need to know. So, like, let's say, is there a specific order they have planned? The tortures. Yeah. Or the events. Yeah, they typically have a plan. Usually it's a narrative that's completely created. Or like, do you have choices? Like, hmm, I'm going to go left. Oh, you know what? No, you don't. It's actually a very... 
usually they don't because it's a very controlled situation. Extreme haunts that are solo are very controlled for safety of the participants because we want to make the actors are in control of them the entire time. They should know where they're going to be going so no one gets injured. Now, there's one haunt called the 17th Thor that does give you choices on like when things to pick. And that's an entry-level extreme. I definitely encourage people to go. I think that's in Fullerton. Um, Fullerton they where? Literally, Fullerton, California. 17th Door? Yeah. 17th door, yeah. I'm like kind of into this entry level, and th- that's for sure. And entry it's entry level. level. It's, an, it's entry level, and they just give you a taste. Like They shock you, you know, they'll grab you a little bit, but it's just enough to make you go, okay, do I feel safe? Do I feel good? And a lot of people love it. It's probably one of the most popular haunts in the United States. Alan, you want to go with me? <laughs> I don't know. If there's cockroaches or force consumption, that, that, might, cockroaches. that might be might be too much for me my mom might be down casey i'll ask <laughs> okay cool so so 17 door they have cockroaches and they do put them on you and stuff like that but there's no force consumption so just so okay safe no there. force okay i'm okay with i could handle that i've had scorpions Wait, are on they me like, are they cleaning up like throw up and stuff all the time you know what i have does that tap you out that. if you throw up no no tapping does not and you can't like, out. Like, it's a reflex Wait, and you can't be like, I want to skip this. I want to skip the waterboarding and go to the next. Like once you're out, you're out, right? Yeah, for most extreme haunts, once you're out, you're out. 17th door is the exception where you can tap out of specific rooms. There are 17 rooms actually that you go into that you last that are roughly between a minute and a half to two minutes and a half, depending on the room, right? Mm -hmm. And some of the rooms include, you know, not suffocation. There's one of my room for you. Some of the guests are going to go. but Like how suffocation done? Like with a pillow? Um. No, they actually this they actually did with a latex wall. They actually put you against spoiler, just want to give a spoiler just in case someone's listening, but they put you against a wall and they tie you down on the wall, like strap you in, and they say, Hey, we're gonna put a barrier of latex. I forgot the context of the story, but latex comes over on you and it basically airtight seals you. Boosh on the wall. And, and they're you pushing your head in? No, no, it just your head's already there. You're against the wall, the thing just comes across. It's like a mechanism that drops a latex uh wall across your face across your whole body actually and it vacuum seals your body the second you breathe in it's going to suck right in that's it and what they do to you in this room is that you have to wait seven you have to hold your breath for 17 seconds that's and that if you hold your breath right but what happens here is at when they hit about the 14th second um they let go they oh malfunction malfunction a lot of it is psychological they're trying to get in your head. Are they really going to do this? Because people tap out once they see the like the latex. Like, oh, they see this, the countdown. I'm screwed. I'm done. Yeah, I went to this haunted house. So I'm a big fan of haunted houses. I go every year. I bring my husband. He hates them. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Matt actually was – I was telling him about this podcast. And he's like, Casey, you've got to tell the story. So I get – I know you're not supposed to hit back or anything, right? It's, I mean, not in the oh. extreme, but definitely not in a regular haunted house either. Like they're not even really touching you. But I got, I have such a, like a strong reflex to like being scared. Like Matt's like, this isn't even fucking scary, Casey. But I literally, again, they jumped out and like, these are built like the wall behind you. Like, just like, it's like, just beams. It's like totally not a real house. And I ended up actually breaking through a wall, falling onto one of the people that were on the other side of the wall, like one of the actors. And I, they kicked me out (laughs) and I was like, I'm sorry. I was so scared. I literally fell through the wall and hurt one of the actors. You know, the good news for you, Casey, if you do an extreme haunt, most likely you're going to be, you know, um, restrained the entire time. So that's the good news. So you won't be able to hit back. Perfect, because I, be, I go a little crazy. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll make sure they restrain you. and They'll, they'll hogtie you for sure. They'll make sure that you're taken care of. Because that's what that's what Extreme Haunt does. It's a very controlled environment. Wow. And like I said, you'll see some it Extreme Haunt. It sounded a little like, bit to me like – that's what I was trying to say. Like, yeah. If there was a choice, I was like, would this be some like concurrent schedule of reinforcement? Like, or like even in terms mm. of like, I was like, would it be like a tandem schedule? Like, you don't know what's supposed to be happening next, but it wouldn't because you said you don't really have that. It's more like a chain you- schedule, like of these little, like, okay, first you got to be able to be on a fixed interval, 17 seconds holding your breath for that. Then yeah, you need to. Yeah. Um, do a fixed ratio of 25 like ratio 20 whips. 20 cockroaches or mm-hmm. yes a lot of it's frs yes because the whips and intervals absolutely time duration for sure mm-hmm. and so they definitely yeah. probably they they're they need a behavior analyst you should go in there and work for them and set up their schedules 
Well, and that's what I was talking about that. Regardless of ratio schedule, see how much like the ratio strain when it happens for certain clients and take data. Oh, absolutely. I just look at the strains. You know, and, and we're talking about because some people ask me like, Ron, which one should I do? Should I do the Crucible or should I do? Because the Crucible is the easiest one to get into because mm-hmm. it's public. A lot of them aren't really public. 17 Door is public. Crucible is public. Other ones are not. Blackout no longer exists. They were public. But you have other societies like Ultra Dark Society, which is an underground extreme immersive horror haunt. And they're membership only. It's like a cult. Wow. You actually have to apply. Santa Delaria was the one that was existing in Hollywood. They after The pandemic killed so many. I hate to say it, you know, because we couldn't yeah. get in close contact. Yeah, obviously. that could be like part cool. of it. Like, oh, part of the torture. You're going to get COVID now. We're going to give you COVID. Oh my gosh, you're so funny you said that. Because, all right, so 17th door. <laughs> they, they did that. Operating. Don't tell me. They're like, okay, we're going to get you on a ventilator. <laughs> no, well, close, like close. So, so they, they were, one of the rooms was they, they were saying, like, oh, you have COVID. We got to cure you of COVID. And my friend was, he's like, no, no, don't, I don't have COVID. No, because she had a taser in her hand. And an order way to cure COVID was to tase you. So he got it good. They tasered him pretty good. Also, they basically so they, pretended he had it. Yeah, they had and it and then they tased him. They sho- yep, they shocked him a good amount of times too. So you've done this with That's- friends? Yeah, so okay. 17 Door is not a solo event. Okay. It is a group event. I think it holds up to eight to six people in there. You'll go through together. Like I said, like I said um, if you tap out in one of the rooms, your event does not end. You just lose out in that room. You just wait in the hallway for the next room. So okay. it's 17 rooms compl- and it's like boom, all the way through. And the final room is a terrifying room. So I, I encourage you all. I don't want to spoil this one because it, I panicked pretty good. Oh, I and this know, is I want to know. And I panicked, and I and it was very scary for me. Uh, it's it's. I'll say this: make sure you hold your breath really well. Like it smells bad. Make sure. Oh my God, there's gas. No, as, or as, as as you're gonna drown. Oh fuck! Nope. Nope, 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 nope. And, and, and I, I, I was pretty – I was thinking like, no way. This is – there's no way they're going to do this because it's entry level and they're open to the general public. And no, they did it and it, Wait, it sucked. It, I, I need to know. Has there been any deaths from this? No. No deaths. Like because no when deaths. you're – like how do they know like, oh, we're just going to suffocate him a little longer? So that's the thing. They put the threshold in. They're really safe about it. They don't go over. It's all psychological. So the drowning room wasn't actually very long. It was maybe a couple seconds if that. You just hold your breath. And then it's over. But it's enough when you're submerged or if you're suffocated that you're just psyching yourself out. Extreme haunts really get you. They try to get in your head. Your biggest enemy is yourself, really. If they can get in your head, they could break you down. You're done. So, like, so do you use cool. this as your, like, relativity reference for things? Like, for example, like, if I'm going to get, like, a Brazilian bikini wax, I'm like, oh, I'm fine, Liat. You've had your fingers cut off before, you know? Like, is this your frame of reference? Like, oh, I don't need to be scared that I'm stuck in this elevator. I've literally been stuck in elevators with tasers shooting me. Like, do you, you compare a lot of things in your life to this? Absolutely. I felt like my life is happier with extreme haunts. Like I feel like I'm not as scared. I'm, my stress levels are pretty good. It's so interesting. Like it's improved my daily life. Is that crazy to say? Like a work-life balance. So you have that my like, work outlet. Life, yeah. Like I'm in meetings. I'm smiling. I'm having a good time, especially after I came out of real of a high doing a show. I feel great for the next two months, especially if I completed the show, right? That's an accomplishment in itself. Have you completed any? Oh, I've completed most of them. I only tapped out in two. Okay, so, well, I want to know why you tapped what, out. Yeah, what made you tap out? So Crucible, I tapped out. I was just done. I was in so much pain. Um, what happened was the next day I also was in Park City on vacation, and I was like literally whipped. I was whipped 150 plus times. I have a picture like, of it. Count. Yes. It, my back was pretty bruised and bloody. Mm-hmm. It was pretty rough. And um, the Crucible, like I said, the Crucible is the most intense in the U.S. Like if you want to test your strength, test your wit – Go there, they will crush you. So how <laughs> long into it until you tapped out? Six and a half hours. Oh my god, that sounds what? six and a half hours. How long is it yeah, supposed to they, last? Eight hours, and they don't tell you because most of it's it, it's an underground basement. Like yeah. you don't know. Like they control the environment so well, Do you, you have eat no idea where it? you are. Uh, no, and then they make it so aversive to ask you to, if you want to use the restroom. They yell at you. It's such, it's like a positive punishment. The reprimands are scary, and yeah. it decreased my future frequency. I'm like, I'm not. I can hold it for the next six hours. I guess. Pee my pants. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. 
my gosh. Yeah. Um, is this like an entire like now looking at it, it's like a business angle. Like, is this like like a money making industry? Not really. It is not a money making industry. That's what I'm thinking. Like, is... There's not enough volume, right? Like, of people not enough to do this. No, the only one that would be a volume for making money is a seventeenth door. Oh yeah, they it's... found they 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 found the sweet spot of how much terror we should use, how much we shouldn't use, but also opting out of a room. If you do crucible or you do like another extreme, like blackout, if you tap out, your experience is done regardless if it was a six hour experience or one hour experience. That's true. 17th door, you tap out, you just lose out on that room. Mm -hmm. You don't really, and you can, you know, so that's, they want to make it fun. They're, they're making it fun for us. Crucible is not fun. And every event you do, that's an extreme hot. You have to look at what the narrative is. Some are really silly. Some are not silly, you know, so... So I, I did do some research and I just want to like talk about it a little bit to see if this is actually true because you've done it. Um, but basically, um, this neuropsychiatrist um, says that taking pleasure in fear is actually quite normal um, because being afraid is essential to human survival. On an evolutionary basis, people who have had who had a good fear response to things that were dangerous are far more likely to survive in the wild. Selectionism. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And then so basically when you're you have that fight or flight, that you know, cortisol, dopamine goes up, the adrenaline, all the respondent behaviors, people's dilating, sweating, strong state of arousal, alertness to prepare you for action. And then once that happens, right, your frontal lobe kicks in and takes over that lets you know you're not gonna die. I'm assuming that this is you're like, oh, I just got through that mm -hmm. and I didn't die. So the experience mm -hmm. of your brain calming itself down is actually very pleasurable, which might it is. come back for more. It's a high. You get a high out of it. You know, another one I got a high out of. I don't know if you it was like sports. We just started. I started doing jujitsu, getting choked out the exercise of it, you know, it's the high of it. And that's what it relates to. And just thing with like um, extreme haunts. Yeah. I, when you go through an extreme haunt and you just went through they put you through the ringer and you get out of it. Oh my gosh. You're, you feel like you can take on the world. Like I know I can, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is great. When's the next one? Yeah. And the next one happens. Guess what happens? I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think I need to quit. Oh my <laughs> gosh. What are they going to do? And they hold the waiver till like the day of like the day of or two days before. Cause oh, wow. they, they keep you a mischief. The whole process of is getting you not to sleep beforehand too. So then you're so. sleep deprived. Yes. Yes. They try to do a lot of methods. Wait, how can they make sure you're not sleeping before? So what they try to do is they try to get in your head. They'll they'll text you. They'll message you based on the story and things like that. And they let you know, like, oh, I can't wait to see you. I have my room saved for you. My electricity is like, whatever it might be. They're, they're like, it's like indirect threats. So you're like thinking like, oh, my gosh, this what I get myself into. They're going to hurt me. So they, they text you throughout the night, throughout the day. Certain events, not all do. Mm -hmm. And some of them ask you, some will ask you, like, hey, we're trying, Crucible said to me, hey, we're actually trying to do a sleep study where we want to see how patients respond without sleeping. So they ask you on the, the honor, you know, on the yeah, honor code yeah. on that part. So, but some of them get in your head where some people, you get a text message from somebody that's saying they're going to kill you, beat you, gut you, and they can, and they send you photos of the room. Then you know you're gonna go there. They're like it's like you know, um, like a visual schedule, right? You know, life is gonna cut. It's like it's almost like life is gonna get worse next. I, this is gonna suck. Seems like I'm a CMOR, like a CMOR, yes. like yeah. hey, just letting you know, shit's about to get real bad, real bad. And it's enough to people, and people tap out before the shows. Oh, people go, wow, I'm they, tapping out before even signing up. I'm literally like. <laughs> But you know, like, I imagine myself being such a little like baby. I'd be like, "Stop, stop! I have lupus. You know, my fingers hurt. Don't go near me there. No, no, no! Fuck off! Fuck off!" I, don't you see me well, being like, gonna say, "What do you say? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You do not talk." Well, the good about news, they have medical exceptions. So oh. if you have a medical exception, they do take that into consideration because they want people to participate. So let's say you have a food allergy. They want to know all those things. So they'll send you a questionnaire that's literally like the Vineland or Vinland, right? Yeah. <laughs> Abas, that's 180 questions that you're going to fill out oh my about yourself. And what so you, you could can say, like, I'm like, okay, like in Judaism, you're not allowed to eat bugs. They're considered yeah, so they can, they, they can They can honor that. Absolutely. Okay, Leah, you're Absolutely. my partner. Let's go to the 17 door. Okay, I'll be like, listen, I'm not allowed to be hit. I have lupus. I can't be squeezed. I have fibromyalgia. Um, 
Don't t- hit me. Don't touch me. Don't. I have look poor at me. circulation, so you can't tie me up. <laughs> There's no cold temperatures. The cold temperature is the best one. I feel like that one people get like um, scared of, but this is basically them throwing you into an ice bath. Yeah, that's all. That, that's that, that it. And, me. I literally would lose finger. All of this sounds and, horrid. <laughs> And I'm over here thinking, remember, like, before this episode, I'm like, this is so crazy. Like, and you were like, I'm so into this. And I'm like, this is no, no, so no, weird. I'm so, no, I'm so into no, it. No, but like, now I feel like the I'm like, weirder, I'm the weirder, the weirder, the more questions I want to ask because I love, like, picking someone's brain on something. But in yeah. terms of me doing it, that's like a hard, 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 hard no. But like, I love weird things like this, like being like, and then like, once you find out about it, I feel like you'll start seeing more of the, you know, you'll start hearing more about it just when you have an awareness, you know? Oh yeah. And they should hopefully be popping up more. Like the 17th door really set the stage up to make it public. So you'll see more shows popping up. And I'll let you ladies know too, when they pop up, so you can give it to your, your listeners too. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. you want to get your ass kicked? Come on over here in Michigan. <laughs> this Michigan has a place where they, we have one show my friend did uh, where they're like gnawing on his feet. I'm like, that's not really healthy. <laughs> Wait, why are they, they're, they're really gnawing on your feet. I don't get it. Are they using like a dental dam? Like they're- yeah, they're u- they're using certain things. Yes, there's the, it's actually not the person's teeth, but they but it's enough to um, it's magic. You know, you have no idea what's happening. You just know they're biting on your feet. They're, they're, your because feet. I'm like, yeah. it seems like these actors have a scarier role. About well, like, like you couldn't scary. pay me to chew on someone's feet with like warts and stuff. Yes. And some of the actors are, you know, the one thing with actors is that they actually have to like take breaks too for safety. So I didn't do this show, this show, you can look it up. Um, I know a couple of people that have done the shows. I can't really attest to what happens in it, but the victim experience was by Freakling Brothers in Las Vegas. And it was a literally a 30 minute show. It had a 70, 30, was a 70 percent fail rate. I think I forgot. I forgot. It was 70, 30 something. Anyways, they had a safe word and Literally for 30 minutes straight, they just beat the living crap out of you from what I was told. Literally just beating you crap out of you. So when you put someone in that state of mind to deliver those, you know, things, every single time they finish the show uh, or or an actor finished with um, a client or a participant, they took their mandate to take a 15 minute break or something like that to decompress. Cause the idea is to still keep everyone safe. Mm-hmm. But that right there is the victim experience is probably the most intense short duration. Crucible is eight hours. They, they will try to figure out what makes you scared. So if you go in there going, all right, I'm not really scared. They're going to try every single method to break you down. Victim experience, put all those methods in a 30 minute show. So they're kind of doing like a preference assessment, but of the like your preference time. of fear or like, because I, I mean, I would punisher say it's assessment. like a, no, I would say a punisher assessment, but people are coming back. So I'm like, it kind of is still a preference mm-hmm. assessment. I mean, but this for any students listening right now, I have to take this opportunity because we always talk about the idea of, okay, so you give a kid an M&M, what is it? A reinforcer or punisher, right? It's like, Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know. Does the kid hate M&Ms? Because it might be a punisher for them not to engage in that behavior again, right? Or if it is a, re- uh, you know, you might be like, oh, yeah, I spanked him. So it, I punished his behavior. But did you? If the child engages in the behavior again, it's actually a punisher. So I think this is a very interesting example of the idea that's what's reinforcing to you, right? Like what's reinforcing to Ron here? Sounds like a huge punisher to me. Like whatever I did, whatever behavior I engaged in to get there, I would never do again. (laughs) Mm -mm. Nope, absolutely. Those are extreme haunts, you know, and they put you in those situations and, uh, and they really test your boundaries, which is great. So what, what message like psychologically are you repeatedly saying to yourself? Are you like, this is not real. This is not real. This is not real. I I, I always say to myself, this can't last forever. It will, it will end. Because the biggest thing is, you know, you know, it's not going to last. So you just have to keep in keeping your, you know, in your mindset that this isn't forever. This is going to end eventually. And that's that. And they can't and they, they want to keep you safe. You know, that's the thing. The biggest thing here is safety. Despite everything they're doing to you, it's really controlled chaos. They're keeping you safe. They're moving you to where you need to be, etc. There's a show that my friend did where um, it was. Oh, my gosh. It was. It was called was the haunted vessel. He was telling me, and he did the show where they, 
you go show up to like an abandoned facility and it's literally covered in fog fog you couldn't see anything but there's an actor your job is to pick up the dead body you're like body pickup recovery and what you didn't realize when you get there that the killer is still there but the killer is blind he can't see but he can hear so he hears your footsteps but the actor is putting you in certain situations that we know that the actor is going to be there to pick you up and throw you 15 feet in the air and this guy was like six feet seven and had an ugly atrocious face so they so like i said it's all setting events and they're all like controlled does that make sense they're controlling you where you need to be but once you're there you're screwed i got your neck i'm gonna ring you up i'm gonna throw you against the wall right um one show we just recently did called black tears everyone started in different spots that was the best part of extreme haunts you both ladies could, one lady could be at one end of Los Angeles, other person will be at the other end of Los Angeles, but you might end up meeting up together. You might not in your show. It might be the same show, but you'll have a different path, right? My path was, it was in the middle, it was an alleyway in LA where a U-Haul picked us up. We were wearing masks. It was like, we're supposed to like go to um, like an event, like a gala event, whatever it might be. And they picked us up, but while we're driving the car, the guy was terrorizing us, shocking us, beating us up in the back seat. So you might have different starting points, which is great. So it's also reinforcing not knowing where it's going to happen, almost like a verbal ratio. What's going to happen? I don't know where I'm going to go next. Mm-hmm. So what's the jackpot? I'm interested in this one you talked about because um, one of my favorite movies is – I can't remember what it's called, but it's like – Chainsaw Massacre. No, not that one. It's the one where you're locked in a cabin and people are trying to break in. Oh, The Strangers. Strangers, yes. I'm going to watch that tonight. Oh, my God. Wait. I'm trying to recreate a private show with a company right now with that. That's what we want to do, my friends and I. We want to go do that. And every show level, Extreme Haunts, they have intensity ratings. So just heads up. So let's say you want to try an intense show. Mm -hmm. It might be a one out of five, meaning that, hey, that might not be bad. Versus a five out of five, you're going to get totally demolished and destroyed. Yeah. I think more for me is a psychological – I think I could handle a lot of the physical – because um, mm-hmm. I have a pretty high pain tolerance, but the psychological of that movie, Strangers, like just like knowing someone's outside trying to get in, that is way more scary to me than like beating the shit out of someone. Absolutely, because I'll tell you why. Because with this, with the when the actual event occurs where they hit you, mm-hmm. it's like oh. That's it. Yeah, you know, once it happened, you're not really scared. It's like said, like it's like before the show, the pre-show, it hasn't happened yet. You're psyching yourself mm-hmm. out. Once the actual physicality happens, you're like, oh, okay, right. you know, you can, you know now, right? So, but the fear of the unknown but, of like, oh my god, someone's like outside my window. <laughs> yes, and that's a show that we want to create a cabin with the Ultra Dark Society, where we, my friends and I, we go to a cabin, a remote cabin. There's people out there, and hopefully, it's like a six to eight hour show where we don't know when they're gonna break in. Mm-hmm what they're going to do, what's going to happen. And it's almost like an interactive escape room too, right? Things are interactive. There's a storyline involved and that's what makes it fun. There has to be a point to the madness. Yeah. So I would come to that one if you need uh, any participants or actors. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be fun. I would yeah, love you that. Wanna, yeah. Well, I'll invite both of you to come and we'll see how long we last. And the best part ladies is the after pictures, after the event, you take a photo of yourself after the event and you lose like bruised up or covered in blood and things like that. <laughs> I can't wait to show my kids. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's my wonderful. Yeah. That is so cool. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is so, um, it's like the other side, like, and I was going to, one last questions I had for you, um, is how do you well, think, I think we, we didn't ask, well, we did off, um, the actual podcast, but about if like what your wife thinks of it, do you have kids? I do. I have two kids, five and a three-year-old, and I would love for my – my son doesn't want to do it. I can definitely tell right now. My daughter, I think she will. She, We were just watching The Munsters last night on Netflix, <laughs> and she was like, I love this, even though it was like sort of creepy. <laughs> she loved it, though. So I think she can get into that, you know. Um, and then uh, my wife, she did the 17th door, actually. She did. And before she, she did. She did. And she survived. She didn't tap out on any rooms. Wow. And she's not a horror person either. She does not like scary. She doesn't care for it. But before she went into the event, she had the pre-show jitters because she's like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm having a panic attack, an anxiety attack. I'm like having trouble, you know, trouble breathing. Um, and it's always before it happens. You get that nervousness, you know. Once she went in the show, it all went away. That's how I feel Isn't before every podcast. There's also a lot of <laughs> negative reinforcement here. A lot of negative reinforcement, like relief yes. from getting through the different things. Like mm-hmm. even from before you start, that like pent up. You know, it's like, okay, I got to get through here for that negative reinforcement alone of just like knowing I completed it. 
Yeah, 100% of that. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm being suffocated. Antecedent behavior, you know, you stay there. Consequence, you have relief. You're working for a lot of relief through this whole thing. You like, are. You know? And also working for, I mean, if you finish it, that's like, for me, that would be the biggest reinforcement is me completing something of like access basically to being a winner, if you say. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. like run a 5K to do that or something with like a trophy. <laughs> like, like victim experience, if you didn't tap out, they gave you a shirt that said, I never said the safe word, that they only give out to people that get through. Cool. So there are certain elements and items they give you. Did you ever I'll get money from it or no? No money. No money. No money. Um, no money. That's crazy. So how – okay, whoop, full circle. So you are a BCBA um, and I you're am. a teacher, um, professor. How do you think this makes you – like has, does it make you a better clinician? I think it does. I'm more able to tackle on different things. I'm not fair of the unknown. I'm not really scared of the unknown. I'm more than willing to jump into new things, new experiences, I feel. I feel like it's really opened me up big time That's for awesome. sure. Yeah. And I love that you share. No behavior to work with sounds scary, like compared to this. It's like, all right. Tantrum, what? That's nothing. <laughs> Tantrum, aggression, pica, we got this. You're going to hurt me? No problem at all. Let's calm down. Let's be effective here. Because a lot of the times in extreme haunts, you're just really controlling your breathing. Mm -hmm. When you're getting whipped, you know, if you're screaming, you're going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. Control your breathing. So almost like it's almost like some little mentalistics, you know, but it's control your breathing and control your meditation. Yeah. And that's definitely gets like you through probably some of those hard times, like whether you're in the community mm -hmm. with clients or whatever. And you're like, OK, because if they see you react, it only makes it worse. Well, I have one. Exactly. Actually, I have one more question, actually. Sorry. I know we keep saying, but, you know, I remember when we had the dominatrix on and I know that was more like sexually related. No, it wasn't though. Well, wasn't. she said it wasn't. She said it wasn't actually. Never mind. She, no. My bad. It was about See, I don't even listen. Yeah. But like a lot of the people she would say would come in would be these like, um, you know, these like big CEOs, lawyers who are the ones like make, calling the shots in every other aspect of life. And so they'd come to a dominatrix to kind of have that like behavioral contrast of like the complete opposite experience. Mm -hmm. What – type of people do you think are like the majority of the well I mean it speaks it, volumes that you're a BCBA we're pretty much like very type A control people that you would you know this would be exciting the people like I know like are in my group I'm like it's so variable like we have engineers we have one of them is a psychologist actually a licensed clinical psychologist that attends these events and she loves them it's it's very it's actually I don't think it discriminates on anyone everyone everyone does it I feel like there's no one category you have people in all employments mm -hmm. I've, I've never seen just like one if that makes sense yeah, you know, yeah, right yeah. I, I psychologist law enforcement um, customer service retail they're all a part of it in our group that's cool yeah and we all we all have our membership card too so and i remember and our, well, the cool thing about extreme haunts just a heads up is if you join the ultra dark society you get a membership card you get a number you're, you're defined by your number not your name so i thought that was cool so the immersive level is there so just heads up on that i forgot to tell you that you're no longer raw uh, ron you're now number one five seven number four <laughs> Yep, yep. You're just, just a like number your BCBA now. number. You're only identified by that. <laughs> You're only identified by your number. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, but like it could be you know you ladies so soon maybe go through the crucible right and BCBAs you know and yeah. One thing I did notice was that a little off, but uh, a lot of BCBAs do escape rooms. Though I feel like it keeps them mentally savvy on that part. You know, I'm noticing that a lot more. Like we crave that like higher mental like thought process. Yeah. It keeps you clean. Yeah, it keeps you sad. I love that you do you this with your staff, care. the escape rooms. That's really cool because it is such a teamwork thing to do together. I'm big on making sure my team's happy, making sure that they're taken care of. We are in a stressful field. We really yeah. are. You know, it's always changing. Mm -hmm. I remember what it was like to be an RBT, and I want to make sure that they're you know taken care of. So you are wonderful. And what a friggin' like crazy like when you came to us with this i'm like there's no way he wants to come on and talk about this this can't be real and you were just so well, open my students told me my students told me they said ron you should go my students listen to your podcast you know and they'll and they told me like you should go on there because i'm like what they want to talk about i thought all podcasts were just very dry i'm not gonna say dull dry mm -hmm. but a lot of them can be and i'm like oh, we are oh wet gosh, this, <laughs> very very much very yeah 
Yeah, well, <laughs> slipping everywhere. I love it. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> like, that's leaking, I, leaking. Way rabbit hole. But yeah, I love I'm so it. happy yeah. your students listen and um Hey, shout out to Ron's students, any of you guys. We love you. Um, write us a review. Thank you. You'll only get an A in his class if you leave us a review. <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll be listening. Yeah. Can you set a contingency for that? That they have to leave us a review? Come on. I will. I will a send that contingency. Response, I will after a this. Bonus, uh, can they get like a bonus on a quiz if they leave a review or something? I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll send a message out and let them know and they'll do that. I love That's it. not a problem. Okay, they suggested. CC us, please. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, anyways, Ron, this was amazing, especially right before Halloween. We're all getting amped up. Hopefully, you guys all have your costumes and you're being super creative. And maybe, you know, starting out with some of those, like, one out of five um, extreme haunts. Let us know. Um, So, yeah. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Have a wonderful day. You too. You too. Thank you so, so, so much. All right, guys. We're keeping it weird here. The weirder, the better. If you have anything you want to share with us that's weird and cool. And you don't have to worry that it has to do with behavior. Do not worry. We will find the concepts no matter what you are up to. So go ahead and reach out to us. You can find us on our website, behaviorbitches.com. You can find us on Facebook, Behavior Bitches Podcast, Instagram, Behavior Bitches Podcast. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who help us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 